My name is Marvel Nimurunji Timuhere, and my home is Uganda, which is a tiny little country in East Africa, aka the Pearl of Africa. I currently live in Chicago. Lord knows where I'll be by the time you listen to this. This is the Cultural Christ. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, J.W. Buck. In this podcast, we explore the intersection between the Christian faith and cultural identity. We hold interviews with followers of Jesus to discuss the way our faith impacts our culture and how our cultural identity impacts faith. Now to this week's episode. Welcome, Marvel, to the Cultural Christ. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm so honored and excited to be in dialogue with you today. The word culture and the word Christ both mean so much to me, particularly in this season of life. So it's very exciting that I get to yeah, be in a space like this. Wonderful. So where are you right now? Tell us a little bit about what you do today. Where do you live? What's up? Yeah, um, I'm currently in Chicago, literally the heart of Chicago. I'm in downtown in my apartment. Um, I just worked nine to five today. I'm a student, but anyway, I ended up working the full day today. Um, And so I just got off work and now I'm here. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for taking the time back to back. Tell us a little bit about your cultural background. I like to describe myself as Ugandan American. And what that means for me is that I was born in the United States, Geneva, Illinois, to be precise, and was raised in Uganda. I was born to Ugandan parents. Uh, My dad, my family was living here, obviously, and my dad was doing school at the time. I was born, my brother was born, and then we moved back. While I was in Uganda, I was waving my American identity around like, ha ha, look at me, I was born in the States. And then the moment I came here to the States, it's like, I am Ugandan, you know, everything is Ugandan. (laughs) My blood is Ugandan. The the art in my, you know, walls of my apartment is Ugandan. So it's interesting how I've like kind of dichotomized those two identities my whole life. But now... I'm learning to hold both of them because both are true. So yeah, that's a bit about that. Um, Of course, I could go into details like my mom is one tribe, my dad is another. And in Uganda, you take the tribe of your dad. And so I am a Muchiga. And there's a lot there too, you know, like the language that we would speak and traits that Bachiga have. Um, But that is really just a larger conversation. So yeah, well, thanks for sharing. Tell us what it means to be Ugandan for you. And I, I want to preface the question to say, I'm not looking for you to represent your people or you have to represent everybody in Uganda or East Africa. But for you, as you wrestle with, like you talked about being a U.S. citizen, but also being Ugandan, as you've been here in the States some back and forth, but grew up in Uganda, what, it, what does that mean for you personally to be Ugandan? That's so interesting. No one has ever asked me that for all the Ugandan flags that I wave, which is really funny, but I love that question. For me, being Ugandan, it means that I have experienced and experienced life through a lens of simplicity and, you know, a a hyper-focus on community. 
It means I grew up eating good food, and that's no shade on anyone else, but we loved dinner time, you know, and yeah. and food is a very communal part for or you know peace for us. Being Ugandan means I've known and seen, yeah, economic struggle, not only in my house but around me, um, but it also means I've seen beauty, like Ugandans love to have fun and to party and to be together. And I don't think there's many countries that can be described as funny, but I think Ugandans are really funny. Um, and now you see, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to like try and represent the whole of the country because that's what I do, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so I guess I've answered kind of a both. And for me particularly, I see myself when I think of myself as Ugandan as part of a bigger whole. Yeah. Um, I think that's, you know, that's one of the traits of being Ugandan is you see yourself within the context of your community, within the context of your family, within the context of your heritage and culture and all that that means and entails. What is your heart language or, or the, the language in which you dream, you want to talk in is, is English as I've gotten to know you is so natural, comes very naturally to you um, as a lot of people grow up learning English in Uganda. What's your, what's your heart language, your heart culture as you are wrestling with these, these two worlds? Yeah. Um, I wish that I could say it was in English only because, well, not everyone can speak English, but like, you know, um, at least everyone in, for Uganda, a lot of people have a different heart, heart language than mine. Um, but mine is English. And I think a big part of it has to do with you know, my early childhood years being in the States, which could have still been different because I think I could have still learned my mother tongue, but I think that peace heavily played a role. And then when we went back to Uganda, I, you know, I wasn't even living in Western Uganda, which is where my parents are from. We were living in central Uganda, Kampala. They speak a different language. And then I was immediately put into school and, you know, because of colonization and all the things, English is what is the, you know, esteemed language. And so I was speaking English in school. So I think that that time frame to learn my mother tongue kind of slipped, you know, slipped through time. So yeah, it's English. I, you know, I love, I love, love, love. So my parents, that's something interesting too, is my parents speak two different languages because they are two different tribes, but because they're from the same ethnic group, there is overlap, you know, there's some similarities. So I grew up hearing those languages, but never really speaking them. Yeah. Um, so I understand them, but it's not, you know, I dream in English. That's why English comes <laughs> yeah. naturally. And I do love English. I love how broad the words can get. And as a poet and lover of words, it's really fun to work with. So. Thanks for sharing. What does it mean for you to be American? So we talked about the Ugandan side. Um, and how many years have you been living here in the States after, after growing up, you came here for undergrad, correct? So three, four years, something like that. Is that right? Four years now, next year, it'll be five. So what does it mean to be American? That is also something no one has asked me. <laughs> and I don't think I'd have to answer, but um, I'm happy to, because I think it is an important question. Offset, I think being American to me means literally don't have a hard time at the airport, you know, Okay. which, which is interesting because my parents would will not have a hard time as such but we would just have a different experience coming in yeah and that that in and of itself you know speaks volume but 
it also means that while I'm on this land learning, because I when I came, I had to do so much education because I realized, wait, what? This is what America is like. Like, this is why mom coached me in this particular way, you know? It was just so much learning that I had to do. And even unlearning. There's so many misconceptions I had of this country. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm learning, for me, being American means accepting the horrible things, um, accepting what is hard about this country, particularly, of course, you know, historically, um, but even what the country was built on and founded on, how the land was, you know, gotten into position and all those things. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, seeing the beauties. Uganda, America is a land of, let me say Uganda. Anyway, America yeah. is, um, is a land of opportunity. And I watch my own people from Uganda desiring you know, to, if if only I could get to America, if only I could get to America. So I think right now in my life, I'm seeking to find the balance of seeing the beauty in both places. Um, and, and really stepping into the privilege that it is to be of this land as much as I am of the African continent. Yeah. What, what parts of your cultural identity, Marvel are really important to you? the things that you've discovered about yourself that you've grown into that you would say, this is important to who I am culturally. And it's interesting because you don't, and this is maybe my experience, but I really didn't garner and gather an appreciation for my culture until I was removed from it. Hmm. Um, because then I was seeing the differences. Then I was like, Oh, and it's, it's funny. Cause while I was leaving, a friend said, there's two kinds of people that leave their home. There's those that fall in love with it and those that don't want to ever return. And I just remember letting that statement hang in the air because I was like, you know, I don't know. I don't know who I'll be. And I got here and I immediately began to understand who I was and who I am. And it is, Uganda is my, you know, has my heart. And so with that, in looking back, the things that I love the most has a lot to do with And I know people say this a lot, like the West is individualistic and, you know, the non-Western areas aren't. But that is really something that I appreciate personally, um, how much community comes up alongside you. Um, I watched my dad, and this is not to, I mean, my dad is pretty great, but this is not to say that he's the best man on earth. But I did watch him put so many of his relatives through school. Mm. Um, Like, you're really never alone. And that is something that's so beautiful. But then, of course, we can talk about food, which I did hint on earlier. The music is great. The musical instruments are so niche and so the dancing. Like I grew up so. So my dad is a Muchiga. The language is Ruchiga and the dance is Chichiga. Okay. And this is a dance where you jump up and down. And I grew up trying to jump as high as my dad, always watching him. And he just loves to dance. So watching him get really excited. Uh, when it's time to dance to Chiga. And it's a very drum-based dance. Um, so the drums go and then everyone's jumping. So even like even things like that, I think, really have my heart. Um, and then, of course, and this kind of spills into spirituality, but really the paradigm that a lot of African countries work with, work within is the shame and honor culture. And that can be, you know, a blessing and a curse. But when it comes to faith, then honor is really um, accelerated. So I think about how my people worship and it's stunning. 
you know, we'll give God our goats in the agrarian areas, or we will give God our entire body and lay prostrate because, mm. you know, he, things like that. So, yeah, I think those are the things that come to mind immediately. One more question about uh, your experience as you came to the States, and then I'd love to transition to the spirituality piece. What has it been like for you as an African woman, East African woman, coming to America when you we overlay, you know, what are people's perceptions of you? And obviously the African-American community is large in the States, but you're coming here as an African. What has that discovery process been like for you, either people's perceptions of you or as you're discovering the differences between being African-American uh, compared to being African? For starters, I realized I was black when I came to America, which okay. speaks into, you know, the fact that America is a very racialized country and you just can't run away from it. The world is, that is the world now as we know it. But I only became and was made aware of my blackness upon arrival. And it wasn't even anything, because, you know, even if people were racist, I didn't know. Like, I wasn't thinking in those terms. So for me, because I came 2019, 2020 is when I started school, and then COVID happened, and I was at home, and then the unfortunate George Floyd passing happened. And then people from my school who I had only known for two months started texting me saying they were sorry for my loss. Mm. And I was thinking, um, I don't know like what what like you're sorry for my loss what yeah. do you mean wow and that's when I began to understand that they they had labeled me as a black woman in america which i mean i guess i have become and had become but it was just also new and kind of what i hinted on earlier about me doing so much research and education that's kind of where that started where i was like something is wrong in this country you know like what is um, what is wrong or maybe not wrong, but what is happening? Wh yeah. What have I come to? No one told me about this. Um, and then I was thinking about what my mother said to me. One of the few things that I recall her saying while I was leaving was, you know, she looked me in the eye and said, Marvel, you are a Ugandan. You are a Ugandan woman. You were born in America and so you are a Ugandan woman. I just remember thinking, mom, what? you know, like you're, you're a teenager. I was about to come live my best life. And I'm like, that is why is that your word of advice to me? You could tell me literally anything. But then I came here and I was like, oh, that's why. Mm. Um, and so my whole time here has been kind of, yeah, exploring that, I guess, embracing that. I had the privilege of being president of a student group called Embrace that is for Black students. And one of my personal mantras that I had as I led was Black is not a monolith because I'm big on um being precise about your particularities you know like yes we are black yes you are white but how much how much more specific can you get uh because that affects how much more you embrace um that culture and that heritage and of course there's a lot to grieve for black america at large with you know what they don't know but i don't know i think i'm rambling at this point but that's kind of yeah a lot of learning a lot of curiosity and a lot of, yeah, embracing. Thanks so much for sharing. Kind of transitioning to spirituality. Talk a little bit about, um, and I know this because uh, we're friends. Your dad's a pastor, an amazing guy. What kind of Christianity did you grow up with in Uganda? And and here's where I'm headed with this is, you know, comparing that to the faith and the Christianity that you're learning about here in the States. 
and so I'd love to hear what does that look like in, in, in Uganda uh, versus what, what it's like here. Same, different, any of that. Oh my gosh, there's so much I could say there. Let me, yeah, there's so much I could say there. And honestly, I'm still, you know, trying to find language, trying to find um, explanations, trying to answer some of the questions I have. Um, but on sets, I will tell you that I did experience a kind of like religious shock when I came to the States particularly the institution that I was studying at, which is a Bible school, predominantly white and evangelical. And, but, but yeah, to start. So my dad is an ordained minister. He's a reverend in the Anglican church, but he, it's actually really funny. He would say he would, he wouldn't name it Anglican because he's like, well, we're not Anglo, you know, (laughs) we're Afro. So maybe Africa will, I guess Africa would be, up. but Africa, I, I, I don't know. I love that. Um, yeah, so so it, it's more like Anglican leanings. Definitely grew up singing hymns and having praise and worship. A lot of dancing in our churches. Fairly long sermons, but of course I was young, so they felt twice as long. Um, <laughs> that was kind of it, and it's interesting because depending on where you're at in Uganda church looks different, you know, like, again, I grew up in the city, but my dad is from a more rural area. And anytime we went to visit the rural churches there, like I said earlier, people bring actual goats into church and the floors are dusty and people are dancing and there's dust raising, but it's the most holy thing, Mm. you know, that's kind of what I came from. Definitely was, I love the Bible growing up and was, you know, kind of like a, a Bible nerd of sorts. So was so, so much Bible study. So almost like a kind of spiritual intellectualism, which is really not inherent for African Christianity, but that's what I was, where I was at. So when I came to Bible school, it was kind of like, yeah, this is what I do every day. This is great. This is actually weird. I can't believe this is my homework. Um, But yeah, I think upon coming here, which again, this is such a large and complex conversation, but was me beginning to realize, oh, these people, this is how they think about missions. This is how they think about um, justice, maybe. This is, you know, a lot of having my eyes be opened and yeah, really seeing those differences. I will say I kn- that there are differences and I felt them the moment I started to realize what faith looked like for people here. And then of course there's like, you know, who God is to you is honestly different based on location or at least what stands out about God to you. Like I think of African countries and how warfare is a big theme. And so spiritual warfare is big. So prayer is big and overnights are big and calling on the name of the Lord, victory in Christ, victory over the enemy. Like those are all really big themes as well as God being provider, you know, yeah. versus think of American an American context where people are fairly comfortable. And so who they want or what they, you know, need from God is different. I'm still figuring out what it even is, but yeah, I think those are differences that I've seen. Yeah. I'm just processing. It's really interesting hearing what you're saying. Hope you'll join us next week for part two of this interview. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you want more content, you can go to jwbuck.org or follow me on Instagram, handles jwbuck. If you have any questions about culture, cultural identity, or faith, feel free to send me a message. Hope you'll join us next week.